Hello, podcasties. I'm Macy. And I'm Maya. And And welcome welcome to to the 312 Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about life and the stories that inspire us. We believe people are built by unique experiences, ridiculous mistakes, and strong beliefs. And we can't wait to talk about these things with you. Our heart is to encourage women in their walks, no matter where they are in their faith. The 312 is inspired by the idea that we are chosen, holy, and dearly loved, no matter what. We are so happy that you're allowing us in your headspace and hope you feel loved in our little corner of the podcast universe. I am so excited for our conversation today because my dear friend Victoria is on the podcast with me. She has been one of my closest friends since we went to middle school together and is such a sweet, thoughtful, and caring friend. You guys are going to love her. Today, Victoria and I will be talking about what it means to serve. Victoria recently went to Thailand for two weeks with their church on a mission trip and also volunteered with Purpose Ministry. So it's a ministry that fights against human trafficking and gives women a chance to have an education, a sustainable job, and ultimately a chance at a new life. There's so much goodness coming up today, and I cannot wait to get into it. So here we go. Okay, so we're here. Victoria, I'm so happy that you're here with me today. We are changing things up here on the 312 since you are stepping in as our first guest host on the podcast. (laughs) Okay, so being the first on the podcast, why don't you start by telling us about yourself? So give us a snapshot of your day-to-day life. So like, where where are you going to school? Well, I'm already giving it away, but where you go to school, uh, where you're living right now, what church do you go to, and tell me something that you're loving right now. Just can be anything. It's not anything crazy. I know I didn't warn you, but it's fine. It's okay. Um, okay. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Um, so I'm a student at Aziza Pacific. I'm a physical therapy student getting my doctorate, um, and I live in Azusa. Okay. Uh, I recently just got a new apartment. Super cute. Um and with my roommate, because our last two roommates got married, go them. And that's <laughs> awesome. I totally support it. Um, I love um, who they got married to, and I'm happy for them. But my new roommate and I ventured off on our own, and so we're loving the new apartment and still trying to decorate and stuff. But that's another talk for another day. <laughs> um, I go to uh, Foothill Church in Glendora. I work in children's ministry, and I do child care. Absolutely love that church. Um, I'm trying to start a new, uh, go into a new growth group. Awesome. And then uh, I also work as a teacher's assistant for our neuro rehab class, which what I What is love. it? A uh, neuro what? Neuro rehab. <laughs> neuro, neuro rehabilitation. So that's when we learn about spinal cord patients, Parkinson's, every type of neurological disease. And it's my favorite class. So I'm excited to help out with it. So you already took the class, and now you're helping out, like, teaching it. Exactly. So will you tutor those students, or no? Yes. Oh, you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you'll run, like, study sessions and test reviews and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Check off on their skills, make sure they're doing it right. So did you get an A in that class? Ah, smarty pants. I knew it. I don't even know why I asked. Um, For those of you who don't know, Victoria is the queen of stressing out of her grades, but she always comes out on top with A's. I don't know. I don't know why she even stresses out. Parts of me think she thinks she has to stress out in order to get the A, but I don't think that's true. I think she just worries herself (laughs) into craziness. So unnecessary. Okay, last thing. Tell me something or tell us something that you're loving right now. What do you love? Mm -hmm. Like something can be like a TV show or tacos or whatever. I guess it's not – I mean, I love it, but it's something I'm missing. I'm 
really missing Thai food, which I never thought I'd ever say that. Thai food. Okay, well that actually goes right into what we're going to talk about, which is this whole idea of serving in missions, right? And just thinking about it, I'm so, so proud of you for going to Thailand. Like, Asian countries are intimidating, I think, for people. Well, okay, I don't want to speak for all people, okay? But I've been to Asian countries, but I am also Asian. So I think (laughs) I have a different perspective on it. But uh, it's a total culture shock. I know when I – because I went to China with my family, and I went to the Philippines, and it's night and day. Uh, Would you agree in comparing it to America? Oh, yeah. Or even to California? It's totally different. The food's different. Um, How you approach someone is different. I mean, most of the people know I'm American. (laughs) I'm tall, blonde, blue-eyed. Yeah, you Um, are. You stand out like a sore thumb, I'm sure. Just imagine, like, 6'2", walking through the streets of Thailand. It's not super (laughs) common. Blonde hair. Yeah, no. Yeah, so in certain areas, they were, like, like in uh, the city... I didn't stick, I stuck out, but they weren't, like, staring at me, whereas in the villages, I got a lot of looks. It was, like, more rural over there, right? Yeah, okay. The yeah. So cool. But, yeah, super proud of you. I, I, I don't know if I would even do that, and I've been to Asian countries, but I've only been on a couple missions trips. One, I went on a small trip to Mexico, which was, like, a day. We didn't even stay the night there, and then I went to, um... Northern Ireland when I was a sophomore in college Mm -hmm. and that feels like ages ago I look back at those pictures and I look like a child it's (laughs) crazy but I mean that trip really did change me in a lot of ways so well we'll get into that later anyway but I guess I just wanted to start with what do you think it means to serve right what what do you think it means to serve I just repeated that twice. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, it's fine. Go. Um, so for me, the biggest thing is just time. Uh, giving your time. Uh, and it, I mean, giving your time, resources, um, it could be a big chunk of different things. But For I'm you. Re- now I'm repeating myself. But time is the biggest thing. It's just giving and sitting down with other people and either going through life with them or helping out on a simple task, just giving your time in order to help someone else is what I see as serving. Yeah, totally. Being present, being exactly. uh, there for for no benefit for yourself. Yes, that's a good way I to think, it. I think the whole idea of serving starts from, I, I guess, the like a servant's heart, mm-hmm. you know? So coming at it from a place of, you know, this is not for me, this is for you, and mm-hmm. if it helps you, it's worth it, and that's that's it. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. But uh, I looked up a definition online, because mm-hmm. although Macy's not here today, she's super big on definition, so I thought I needed to bring that into this today. So, okay, so what does it mean to serve? I looked up the definition of serving or service, I forget, but it basically told me, perform duties or services for another person or organization. So that's like the basic, basic definition of serving. Okay, but I think some of our biggest, well, our biggest role model, I guess, or example mm-hmm. would be Jesus, right? So yeah. <laughs> I just thought it would be cool to read verses on it. So mm-hmm. I think a big one is John 13, 1 through 17. Yeah, but I'm just going to read... Which part is it? So basically in John 13, it's the section where 
Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. And at first, they're kind of, I guess, appalled that he would do such a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not of your station, in Mm -hmm. a sense, I think is where they were coming from. Like, don't do that. Like, you don't need to do that. But he really, uh, what's the word, insists and says, no, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I've been called to do. And I'm the example, and I want you to follow that example. So what I do to you, you should do to each other type Mm -hmm. of thing. So I'm just going to read it. Let me find it really quick. It's, like I said, John 13, 1 through 17, but I'm going to read starting at, where am I going to start? Um, we'll start at three. Okay. So 13, three. <laughs> okay. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I've done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. Oh, okay, I'm going to stop there. Sorry. (laughs) If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Okay, so there's so much to unpack there. And I think it's really cool how at first Simon says, okay, don't wash my feet. Like, you'll never do that. That's not right, you know. You, You shouldn't wash my feet, your Lord. And he calls him that, right? And then he said, and then... God answers him, or Jesus answered him, saying, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And I think that speaks volumes, because the whole, I, the, <laughs> I can't talk today. I guess the whole idea is that, you know, when Jesus came down, he died for our sins and all of that kind of stuff, and we are washed in his blood. Mm-hmm. So him washing the feet is totally uh, symbolism for that, yeah. you know, and I don't know. I just think that's really cool. I'm so nerdy right now, but it's fine. <laughs> and then he, and then Jesus also says, you know, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean. Like he's saying, I just need to wash your feet. I don't need to, I don't even need to wash all of you. I need to wash your feet and then you are clean. That's all you need. It, it, it's the whole, again, you could talk about grace forever, right? But it's the grace that God gives us yeah. that, he just needs to wash our feet. Mm-hmm. I think that's really beautiful too. And I've always thought feet washing is like beautiful in a sense. Mm-hmm. It, only biblically. In, a, in all <laughs> other places, it's pretty gross. But when you think of it biblically and when it's coming from a place, again, of 
you know, I'm doing this for you. I'm serving you. Like, this is what God did for me. I want to do this for you. I don't know. I think that's, it's really special. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen this done at a wedding, but I feel like it should be done. I don't know. I think it'd be really sweet, but at the same time, people would be like, feet, gross. So I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's one thing you have to remember is that back then, like, and even in some cultures, so like in Thailand, like the foot is like the worst part of your, like if you point your foot at someone, it's actually rude. And so... In Thailand? Yes. Oh. And so, like, if you... So, one of the things is... So, if you drop a dollar, and, okay. you know... Sorry, this is a little bit of tangent. No, you go, You drop go. a dollar, and you... It, you know, goes off, and you, like, step on it. You know, we don't think twice, because you're, like, trying to stop the money. But you can't do that in Thailand, because the king's face is on... The dollar? It's on the front. Well, I guess... The back. Oh, um, <laughs> it's not a dollar there, but... For some reason, I'm now linking on what it's called. The That's money. okay. That's okay. <laughs> but anyways, so that's a, a thing is that in a lot of cultures, like the feet is gross. The disciples were walking and they wore sandals. So just imagine how filthy their feet are and Jesus is cleaning their feet. And um, that's just what comes no, to my mind because feet are so gross. true. Yeah. And they but definitely wore sandals. Yeah. He's willing to do that. Like. I don't know. Set aside how gross we are, you know. I think it's funny that in Thailand you can't step on a dollar or, or whatever their money is called because it's rude because you're stepping on the face of the king. That's so interesting. Because we don't, yeah, like you said, we don't think twice about that kind of stuff. But we don't think if you step on Lincoln's face. <laughs> We're so rude. How dare we? That's so funny. Sorry, but <laughs> no, it's so relevant. It's fine. But yeah. And then, okay, so yeah, I really like that point. Feet are gross. And in in the disciples' days, you know, they didn't wear closed-toed shoes. Like, yeah, they were not wearing Nikes. <laughs> yeah, here, Jesus, you need some Nikes right about now. But anyway, anyway, yeah, side tangent. But then Jesus goes on to say, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also have to wash one another's feet. So, and then he goes on to say, for I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And so I think that for a lot of organizations is like the basis of ministry, of serving in general. Like that's the most literal example we could give is he's washing our feet. That's like so small, but at the same time, you know, that's the whole concept of serving, I think. Anyway, it starts, it's rooted there, I think. Oh, it is. I might be missing some key things in other places of the Bible, but I know that one. <laughs> no, I think it's a really good example. Um, I don't know, like, people always think, like, actually, we'll get into it later. Okay. I shouldn't start now because I'm skipping some steps. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Okay, there's another verse that I thought would be really cool. You can read this one. It's Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Um, I'm trying to remember... I mean, you have it already, right? Yeah. Okay. You can just go ahead and read it. Yeah. Okay. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, I really like that verse too. And I think the biggest part of that verse, or that section, is just where it says, you know, he empties himself. Or, well, actually, it doesn't say it in your version. It's, I'm, I'm reading my version while she's reading her version, but she's reading, what, NIV, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, NIV, and then I was reading ESV. So in the ESV version, it says that, uh, where is it? Which verse is it? It's verse 6. So okay. he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. So, again, this whole idea of having a servant's heart mm-hmm. is mentioned again. Which I think, you know, basis of ministry, basis of serving is just, you know, I'm emptying myself for you. I am giving everything I could possibly give physically, emotionally, spiritually to you because that's what God does for me. That's what Jesus did for me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that's really cool. (laughs) But um, I guess now we can talk about, like, as sons and daughters of God, like, we need to come together as a body, hence mm-hmm. the church, right? Yes. And and serve in that way, which is pretty much what you did going to Thailand. And I know you just got back, which is so huge. And I feel like we haven't even had a chance to talk about it as much as I wanted to. So that's why this is perfect that you could come on the podcast and talk about it. Because I know so many people uh, want to know more about mission trips, want to know how realistic it is for them to go on them themselves. Mm. They're scary. I remember when I went on my first mission trip, so scary and not even just like the fact of going, but just, um, raising the money, um, the logistics, how am I going to eat the food there? Like, where (laughs) am I going? Who am I going to be with? Is it safe? There's so many questions and angles we can talk about this. And since you're super fresh off the boat with this (laughs) whole thing, I, want you to talk about it. So basically, let me start by asking you some questions. So let's talk about um, the logistics. So how did you get this opportunity? And what organization did you partner with? How did you get involved? Who did you know? Go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's start off with I have been on a mission trip before uh, in 2013 to Honduras. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, and I loved it. It was definitely life-changing. It was amazing. And I will say that these two different mission trips that I've gone on were completely different. What we did um, was also different. Uh, different cultures, everything. But I was just so – I've just been wanting to go on a mission trip again because I just loved it, and I loved – oddly, I liked being out of my comfort zone and just – getting to experience an entire new culture and seeing how they um, praise God and how they live their life um, that way. Um, But I'm in school all the time, so I was like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And I had the mission leaders I went to Honduras with were like, you need to come on this one with us. But it's always, I don't know why they always decide to do a mission trip during school, Um, but that's usually when they are, so... I was sitting in church one Sunday, and they brought up Thailand missions trip. And something just stirred inside me, but quickly I was like, we can't 
You're you can't go. You You're can't not going to be able to do it. It costs money. You don't have money. Um, I have no job. <laughs> Super <laughs> poor over here. Yeah. And so I just, I didn't think it was a possibility. Um, but, you know, like with prayer and talking to my professors, because I am in getting my doctorate and, and I have classes, I wanted to see if it was even possible. And so I talked to Katie Dabransky, she's our mission leader, and I talked to a girl in my Bible study who also was thinking about going, she ended up going, and This is awesome. from your church, right? Yes, yeah, sorry, this is all at, uh, through Foothill Church in Glendora. Okay. By the way, there are a few Foothill Churches in that area, but it's just Foothill Church. <laughs> and so, so yes, I was in their service, and that's how I heard about it. And they've been partnering with, so I should talk about the missions. So it's uh, every year, and I'm kind of blanking on how long they've been going, but they've been going for years. Okay. To Brianna's House of Joy. Now, Brianna's House of Joy is a home for girls in northern Thailand, specifically Chiang Mai. And they hold girls ages 5 to 18. And these like girls they are, house them? Yes. House them? And so there's, so you go onto the property, and it was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. But basically, they house the girls, they feed them, they teach them responsibility, chores. They still all go to school, um, public schools. Um, and so, um, yeah. And the a lot of these girls, um, they are orphaned. They're at risk for trafficking. Uh, abuse, and um, that's the basis of Brianna's House of Joy, so and they're it, through Joy to the World Foundation. Okay, so is this preventative? Yes. So they, how do they, like, find these girls exactly to be in the house? Yeah, they get calls. So what I learned is in Thailand, it's very normal for children to leave their homes uh, because there isn't, especially in the villages up in the mountains, because they'll either have only kind of an elementary school, younger age group, but then after that, there's no opportunities for them for education. Okay. And a lot of them, a lot of their families don't have money, and so they're at risk for being sold by their parents to traffickers. Because or, they're poor, and mm-hmm. they don't have money either. And oh, they don't so have sad. money either. Yeah, it's super sad. And that was one of the hard things about the trip. But when I heard about this missions trip, I, and we'll talk about this later, um, the organization that I volunteered through, but the whole trafficking, and I think it's very under, misunderstood or not known in the United States as well, as much, and I, I don't know, something about it, I want to help those girls, like, that's all that came to my mind, um, so yeah. Um, so after you yeah. talked to your professors and stuff, uh-huh. they gave you the okay? Yes. They okay. gave me okay, because I was in an online class, but I wanted to make sure, because it was during a final, I ended up taking the final in Thailand, um, but I made sure that it was worth, that it was possible. I talked to my missions leader, and it was a go, but then my next question was, okay, how am I going to have money? Like, it costs money, and I think it, originally they told me it was $2,500, and so that freaked me out. Yeah, the money aspect is so scary, because it just seems like so much money, Mm -hmm. so, especially for young college age, Mm -hmm. or even, not even in college, but young 
women, it's like, oh goodness, how am I going to come up with that money? And I always thought the fundraising process was so difficult, mm-hmm. but did they make it like easier for you than you thought? Oh yeah. So, and it was kind of nice because the, so our missions there, she has four kids. And so she's, she knows a lot of moms. She knows a lot of people that need babysit- <laughs> babysitters. Oh, so good, that's how yeah. I raised almost half my money. Was babysitting? babysitting. Oh, okay, yeah. good. And so it was funny. I was, I was looking back on my chart and I go, I did a lot of the work. <laughs> and so babysitting is a huge thing. And just getting connected with your church. I did child care during the summer for Bible studies. Uh, that was a big help. And I love kids, so it was a win-win. Yeah, um, yeah. How did you get involved at your church? Like, who okay. did you know there? How did you get connected? So, uh, when I first got into PT school, my biggest thing was I wanted to join a church community. Okay. Because um, when I was in Monterey and I went to Honduras, like, I found that church community and I was very happy. And I knew I needed that again. I needed God at the center of my life and everything I was doing and the people I was surrounding myself with. And so I found, I went to a few churches and then Foothill just really spoke to me. And then my roommate and I joined a growth group and kind of the rest so is history. Cool. Yeah, no, um, Mariners, the church mm-hmm. I go to, uh, they have life groups, same thing. You start mm-hmm. by going to Rooted, which is this whole process mm-hmm. with a group of people you don't really know that well. And then you become really close, and then you start a life group, and you go through life together. So growth group, same concept, but yeah, super cool. So I encourage you guys, if you're not plugged in somewhere at a church, you need to be, because it's, oh, yes. it's like, I don't know, it's life-changing, especially, it's there's something about walking into a church and knowing people, oh, yeah. versus walking into a church and not knowing anyone. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're church hunting, like, see how the people welcome you, see how you know, are they clear on where you can get connected and things like that? Are there a bunch of people your own age? Like, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. Like, going to a church where they're all really old or they're married couples, for me, doesn't really do it, you yeah. know? Like, I'm like, uh, maybe not. I need, you know, 20 to 30-somethings, mm-hmm. like, you know, still trying to figure out how to adult, you yes. know? Yes, <laughs> I agree, and I 100% agree with joining a growth group. I know it's scary, um... Because there's icebreakers, you're meeting new people, you have to talk in front of people. Introverts out there. (laughs) But it's so worth it. And you just, you start to build this little community of people you can talk to and trust. And and I know it can be hard because some churches, like not every church is perfect. And you do have to, you do your research and try it out. Like you have to go out of your comfort zone. But it's so worth it when you find the right fit. Yeah, no, I agree. It totally is. Yeah, I have a group of girls. They're just super awesome, and they've really kept me connected to the church. They're the main reasons why I would I even consider Mariners my home church is because I know them, and like they've become another family for me. You know, mm-hmm. so I totally agree with that. But anyway, well, I do want to add one more thing. I think people forget that the church isn't just a building. It's not something you just go to on Sundays. It's not a checkoff. Yeah, like, totally. You need to invest in those relationships. And because Jesus invested in his relationships with his, uh, his disciples. And so, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to serve alongside each other. And it's not just a building. It's people. Yep. We're the body. We're the church. I totally agree. Amen. Okay. Moving on. 
I want to talk about how you fundraised. So okay. I know you talked about babysitting, but I know you did some other things on Instagram. Yeah. You posted a bunch of stuff. Yes. So talk about that. So our church, um, we did we designed t-shirts and we sold those. Um, I wrote donation letters. I know it's scary asking people for money, but like people are willing to do it. Not everyone, um, but I wrote a letter. I sent it out. I posted on Facebook. I posted on Instagram. Uh, thank goodness for the 21st century because there's something called Venmo now. Yeah, um, it's super convenient. I mean, and like I have friends like mine over here and <laughs> quite a few that just sent like $5, $10, $15. That really helps. That's, and in Thailand, a meal is like a dollar. So, so it goes a long way. So it goes a long way. And so, and it helps out with um, travel because the biggest expense I believe was the flight um, but we got a really good deal so that was nice okay and so and then some of the money goes towards some of the things we do in Thailand as well and then uh, what else did we do oh we did <laughs> there's a sushi restaurant in Glendora sushi okay. Nai, really good <laughs> shout out <laughs> to the sushi restaurant <laughs> and so it was so cool okay I've never been a waitress but I secretly have always wanted to just try do, try it. Oh, okay. Um, and so I didn't get to do really waitress because I couldn't take orders. But it's kind of a, a busboy kind of thing. Uh, but what they wanted us to do was the sushi and I donated all the proceeds that day to oh, our trip. That's so awesome. And it helped. It helped. It literally finished at the end. I was like, I only need this much money, and it. God is good, you you guys. (laughs) Like, he made it, like, it was perfect amount. For you to to go. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, it covered a couple people, maybe? like Everyone. It was just, it was divided amongst our whole group evenly. And that amount was the Did it for you. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I want to second that. Because when I went on my missions trip to Ireland, or Northern Ireland, I did so much fundraising stuff. I did car washes. I did bake sales. Uh, that's when I got into like Mary Kay and stuff because I wanted to make money to be able to put it for my missions trip and all of those things, including asking my neighbors and stuff. I sent out a letter, not to that many people, I'll have to admit, but I did send it out. And this was like before I was that into Instagram, honestly, or, or doing, I don't know. I feel like it's so more relevant now to be on Instagram and to post all that stuff. Whereas like, at the time, like, I didn't do any of that in mm-hmm. comparison to what people do now. But, um, yeah, I just think it was really cool how people chose to give, even if I didn't do anything for them. They heard about my mission trip through people or they saw me doing car washes for my mission trip outside my house. And I had a couple neighbors just come over and and give me cash. They just give me money and say, hey, this is for your mission trip. I see that you're trying to raise money for it. I think that's awesome. And, you know, whether they were believers or not, like, something in them was saying, you know, this is a this is worth giving to. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of think of it this way. For people who are giving, this is their chance to go with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a person who goes on a mission trip, it's almost like your responsibility to, at the end maybe, or even during the trip, like, update them on what happened or mm-hmm. post stuff so that they can see. So it's, like, they know what their money went to, you know? Like, yeah. they, like you're with the kids. You're doing um, – you're building a house or whatever you're doing, wherever it is. You know, like, 
show them that what they gave matters. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really big deal. Um, I feel like I could have done that a lot better, but I feel like I know a lot more now than I did then, especially because, yeah, I almost didn't even go on my trip because I was so overwhelmed by the amount of money I had to raise. And I was like, this isn't worth it. I'm not going. Yeah. But my friend Emily was raising money for her missions trip or she was actually raising money to go to Bible college. She went for like a semester Mm -hmm. in Peru and she really encouraged me to fundraise. And it just, I think it just goes to show you, you know, like God will provide and give you the people in place to help you get there. Like I would have never done it if Emily wouldn't have pushed me. Mm -hmm. And like, that's when we became super close too. Um, yeah, anyway, it's a whole nother topic, but super appreciate that from her as a friend and, you know, fundraising at Scaries, it can be a super doable. Oh, it is. It's it very totally possible. Is. And when you put your mind to it, and with the power of prayer, and for me, the biggest thing is I said, God, if this is your plan, it'll happen. Yeah. And it kept, everything kept just aligning itself. Yeah. So I was like, I guess it's a go. Yeah, I guess it's meant to be. I'm supposed <laughs> to go. Totally. Okay, so talk about, or I want to ask you about Thailand and where you stayed, what, like, your duties were, what you did out there. So talk about that. Like, where, what did you do and, like, who were you with? Okay, so we, when we first landed there, uh, the two missionaries at Brianna's house, uh, Jan and Zane, the cutest, sweetest couple, amazing stories. Um, we told uh, Zane, you need to write a book because they also have some organizations in India as well. And so just the stories over the like 10, 20 years of their lives, it's just been incredible. Is this and connected to House of Joy, their yeah, other so ministry like, in India, right? Yeah. The No, it's separate. It's completely separate, um, their organization in India. But they try to get Bibles out there. I'm not, I haven't gotten all the details on that. So they're not connected at all. They're two separate ministries. They're two, oh, yes. They're okay. two separate ministries. Got it. Um, and so, but they just do so much. And their yeah. hearts are amazing. They're very sweet very and they're very laid back. Um, but they were basically, I want to say our tour guys in a way. They went with us everywhere. Okay. Um, they helped us because we don't speak Thai. Um, and then they just taught us the culture, the food. And they were kind of our translators as well. Um, and so we, okay, so Brianna's House of Joy, there's uh, the girls' home, ages 5 to 18. There's also D1 Girls and D1 Boys' House. And that's also through Brianna's House of Joy. These are girls that are college age. Okay. And boys that are college age. There's four boys and 12 guys, or girls. 12 girls, <laughs> sorry. Um, and the other home, and some of them don't live in the home, uh, because they're at dorm rooms in college. Um, but so they, this, this organization is able to send them to school. Yes. And they also, there's, there's some fundraising involved. There's also yeah. some help from the government as well. Okay. Um, I don't know the logistics of that, but I do know that. Um, but it's really cool because what they started to notice is that the girls in Brianna's house, once they turned 18, that doesn't mean they still don't need that mentorship. The people that are going to be there for them once they go to college. Because I know for me, like, my life changed in college. I went through some 
crazy like stuff. crazy yeah. stuff and so they just need like people to like help them through that and still mean like maintain the relationship with God and have people to lean on and so it's incredible what they're doing over there and it was really cool to see that and talk to the college because a lot of them are our age and so it was fun to talk to them through that <coughs> um and so okay so we went to the d1 house we sang with them we worshiped we just did stuff with them and they also went with us to the village and that was really fun okay so we went to that was an eight hour drive to chang rai Wow. And I'm talking about eight-hour drive here is way different than eight-hour drive in Thailand because you we don't have Highway 5. We don't have a straight shoot. It's a lot of windy roads. Um, thank, thank goodness for um, ginger. ginger. Ginger pills. It's good for nausea. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you that's a good trick because uh, I don't do well driving then. Sorry, side note. But... <laughs> But yeah, so, and you're like in a bus, it's just a long drive. It was really fun, and the experience there, we built a swing set for um, for a village. It's a Hmong village in Chiang Rai. I don't know the specific name of the village. Um, I don't remember. It's somewhere written in um, my notes. Um, but yes, so we built a swing set with the people. So that was really cool, because we got to work with them. It wasn't like we were just like doing all the work. Okay. And that's one thing that like people are always, like, they think that going on a mission trip, you need to do everything you need. They need to be fixed. But that's, that's, not, that's yeah, not true. Not true. They don't need to be fixed. They don't need to be I fixed. I love that you said that. Okay, and, keep going. <laughs> and what they enjoy, and we have this really cool video of setting up the swing, is that they just want to do life with us. They And I went into this whole thing with an approach of learning. I'm going to learn because my way isn't always the best way. And that's where a lot of times missions need to have, at least short-term missions, need a different viewpoint. That we're not going in there to do all these things. Like, there's missionaries already there in place doing work there. This village already has a church. They already have resources. Now, they might not... So we did donate money, and we gave them money because they need more resources to expand and to go out and outreach to other villages and other people in their community. So was the fundraising that you did, did some of that money go? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And that's one thing is that I, any leftover money I had, I didn't bring it back to the States. I gave it to them. You did? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's so cool. Because it's not mine. It was for the missions trip, and that's for them to use. And I know they're using the money in a good way. Yeah. And so, yeah. Because I, at least for me, like, in girls' groups and when I was in high school and college, it meant everything to me to have mentors and um, people there helping me through hard life. And I want that for those girls. And so that helps that the money that we give them is is for food. It's for so they can have a Christmas. It's so... Um, we helped build um, uh, a missions team before us. Helped build the gazebo um, with them. Okay. And so because they want it, they're just trying to make the property look, nicer. Yeah, look nice. This is by I the church. Like home. Is this all near the church? Where? Oh, it's at the home. So it's Brianna's house of joy is his property. So you walk in. There's walls of cement and a gate, and then you, let's say you're driving in on the bus. There's this huge lawn. 
um, a grass with a swing set, monkey bars. It's great. And then there's a building where the dorm rooms are underneath. And then mm-hmm. on top, there's classrooms. It's um, There's a place for them where they do, like, worship and singing. Uh, they have instruments. It's great. These kids are talented. Uh, we got to see some of their guitar playing and their drumming oh, skills. Fun. Um, and then there's offices upstairs. And then there's... So there's a couple on staff there that help run everything alongside with the missions, but they live on site. And they're both Thai um, people, uh, Nitya and Suet. They're amazing, the sweetest couple, and they're like parents like to these girls and help them. And so, the but anyways, look at, sorry, I totally lost train of thought. But the gazebo, so we helped make it nice. We went to a nursery and picked up plants and stepping stones just to make the property feel like home for them. Yeah, because that's where um, they live mm-hmm. day in, day out. And it, it must be, I feel like it must be hard to, like, leave what they know as home and then come to this place and yeah. have to share it with people they don't know. And then if the pro, like, I don't know. I think, for me, I'm super big on space and how it looks and how it feels. I just redid my room. I'm just getting, like, a headboard for my bed and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And not because it's like, oh, I want to spend all this money, but because no, this is my space. This is where I come to relax. Like, I want to feel at home and at peace here and be able oh, yeah. to, like, be me in the space, which just sounds so cheesy, but it's true, you know? Like, the pictures on the walls, my, um, my, the certain pillows I buy, like, they make, they make it home. So I think what you guys do with building the gazebo and then getting plants out there, like, that makes a huge difference for young girls or even boys. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I think having a nice space of your own is mm-hmm. really important. And people forget these are kids. They want to play. They want to have fun. They're we're, uh, they're trying to build an exercise, um, like a track around oh, okay. the property. They have a basketball court. They have a volleyball. These girls are – it was so much fun. We had volleyball tournaments, and they are competitive. <laughs> um, they taught me badminton, and we sing songs while playing volleyball and doing all this stuff. And, like, these – they're still kids. They want to, like, have yeah. fun and play and have a home. And because, yes, these girls had the biggest hearts. They were laughing and singing and giggling. But they still have those hardships. They still miss home. They still – it's not easy. And basically they got – they were taken from their homes because they were either going to be sold into trafficking mm-hmm. or didn't. Do any of these girls, have they already been in trafficking and they pulled them out of it? Or is it all preventative? Like, is it all early? Do you know? I haven't heard if any of the current girls there have been trafficked. Been trafficked. I know one girl that, and it just, like, broke my heart because she's seven years old. But they rescued her before they, the men came. Her father had was People coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the ch- local church in the village found out. And called Brianna's house. Oh wow! And so they came and picked her up, and and it's a normal thing I've learned that for organizations to come to rescue these girls and and preventative, whether it's just they're at an increased risk for trafficking or they come from an abusive home. It, but it is really cool that the community communities do come together and try to to prevent them. that. Yeah, totally. So I so basically the idea I'm getting from your trip is that. You guys went out there to build a relationship with these girls to help make their property more enjoyable for them. You built a swing set. You helped with their gazebo. Mm -hmm. 
but mostly it was building relationships with them. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Is that right? It was that. And then when we went to the village, which was eight hours away in a totally different area. area, um, And they didn't speak Thai. They were Hmong. Some of the adults spoke Thai, but it was a Hmong village, which was super interesting to hear that there was a Hmong and then a Wisu um, tribe right next to each other in Thailand. But they... They don't speak the same language. Oh my gosh. And it was just crazy. And so that's where I got to learn how they minister. Because I was like, how do they go through the village? You know, you don't, I mean, you see people knock door to door and be like, uh, and sharing, you know, the gospel and stuff. But we don't really do that here. Uh, At least for me, I don't get a lot of Christians knocking at my door. Um, But so it was kind of cool. So they use this. So the, let me start from the beginning. So they go through the village using this cube, and it's called a priceless cube. And because I was like, okay, how are they outreaching to kids and families and sharing the gospel in a totally different language? And so I got to go with the girls through this mound. It's all dirt road. It's up the steep hill. It was a workout. And, um, like, it was super interesting. I'm trying to, like, not go into too much detail because I can talk hours for this. But um, they have this cube, and basically on the cube, some of the images kind of made me tear up. And one of the girls, uh, we had trouble, so we had trouble communicating a little bit because she reads English better than she speaks it. Okay. So she kind of showed me, and she read it to me in English. But basically, this cube, you unfold it, and each part of the cube tells a story. And it teaches them and educates on trafficking, uh, what they will say to kids and what a man is supposed to be in a person's life or, and how that relates to Jesus, how this is how Jesus treats us. He loves us. And if someone comes to you saying these types of things, no, that's a bad person. Don't go with them. So you guys went into the village to educate people on trafficking. As well as then bringing and incorporating the gospel. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I I don't know if sounding excited about that is weird, but... No, it, it is cool. It is cool. Like, it's crazy um, how so many people don't know about these things, and then they're lured into these traps, especially if they're young girls, you know? It's, it's definitely a thing. I mean, there's trafficking in Orange County. I, one of my old teammates just posted something on Snapchat, which is funny that that's where I'm getting my information right now. But she was posting some uh, picture of Orange County and how there's trafficking in Orange County. And we don't oh, even yeah. know. It's like right under our noses and we don't have any idea. Um, but that's awesome. So obviously, I know this is kind of a redundant question, but I was going to ask if you felt that you made a difference and like what kind of, were there any hardships that you felt that you went through on the trip in a sense? Um, yes. So hearing those stories so about the girl um, that was almost trafficked, um, hearing that there some of the abusive stories. So one of the girls, she had hot water thrown on her, and so she's getting treatment for the burns. And just hearing that like these girls have to go through this, it was really hard to hear that. Um, yeah. And then also we went to this village. Um, it's called so some it's it was started in Africa. And that's where most people know about this, but it's called the Long Neck Karen 
charm. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking you about. You see the big gold um, coils around the neck. Yes. Which holds, it. people think that's what holds their neck, but also that's actually what causes their neck. To so stretch, they, yeah. They do it to themselves, and basically it crushes the clavicle to the rib cage. And it's this kind of, for me it was hard, because I'm going into this tribe and... What are they called again? Um, Karen, I'm pretty sure you pronounce it Karen. Um, so it's a Karen tribe, and they wear these gold... Uh, coils. coils around their necks and it stretches their neck they out. They keep adding coils. Onto it. Yes. Okay. And as it, they get older and it's, they'll start as young as age, like three or five. And it breaks their clavicle. Yeah, I think Yes. Yes. My mom went to Thailand relatively recently and she showed me pictures of yeah. these women that did this. And I asked her, like, wasn't it sad? And she said, yes and no because they, this is what they do there to them this is all they know so they're happy that's what she told me I don't know how true that is but for me I don't know either because I didn't ask them yeah but I just know I had a weird feeling when I walked through it I just felt uneasy uneasy. yeah and and it was something our missionaries talked together about because I felt so like uncomfortable and a few of us did because okay they think it they see it as beauty as having these long necks Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they're being used for tourism. It's a tourist spot to go to and oh, take pictures. Really? I did not feel comfortable doing that. Um, I know maybe that's people, why my mom went too. I know some people like, like are accepting. They're like, you know what? Might as well support them in it because this is their this means is, of money. Yeah, this is how they survive. And right? it was amazing. They were making these beautiful like um, uh, material. And doing it, and we're watching them do it. So they're so they're sewing. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's but with its yarn, and they're making these scarves and beautiful, okay. like I don't want to say blankets, but like shawls, tapestry kinda stuff, like, yeah, like more like shawls. Okay, um, they're beautiful, but at the same time, like it, it was weird wanna, for you. It was weird I, for it you. It was weird because I don't want to endorse like them hurting themselves and. And also, this is a tangent. I'm a PT student, so all I think about is like neck pain. Yeah, totally. All that. But I just that that was an uneasy feeling. Uh, but other than that, there wasn't anything super hard other than leaving. Oh yeah. So and I have trouble with that because I'm a very sentimental person, and I, when I connect with people, I'm really bad at goodbyes. Um, and I became really close with these two girls, and it was really hard to leave. Because I felt like I wanted to be there longer, but I think there's a reason why. Not everyone's supposed to be in your life all the time. That's something that I've learned, is that there's seasons for people. And just because you meet someone amazing, that doesn't mean they're not going to be in your heart. And you're not going to remember the experiences you have with them. Yeah, I think that's the thing about short-term mission trips, is that logistically you're probably not making the biggest difference in the whole entire world. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the relationships you make, that's the difference, especially for a short term relationship. You were only there for what? Two weeks, Mm -hmm. two weeks. But some of those girls will remember you forever. You know, I, when I went to Northern Ireland, we worked at kids camp and taught them the gospel and worshiped with them. And for some kids, it it was a poor neighborhood. So this was like, like the best thing ever for Mm -hmm. them because it's, fully paid for these kids don't have to pay to come their parents just have to bring them or you know they get dropped off by somebody I don't know but um but some of those kids like 
made things for me and thanked me for oh, being yeah. there. That's and it was just like, of course, like when you go on a short term mission trip, I feel like you get something out of it in mm-hmm. a set, like in a weird way. Oh, yeah. Not, not because you're not going to get something out of it, but you do, you grow, you learn the culture. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, you understand where they're coming from. You, your eyes are open to a new way of living. So I just think when it comes to short term missions, you are learning and you are building relationships, but oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I was just, that's just something that came to my mind. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing to go into a mission, though, wanting something out of it. That's, I don't think that's bad. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously, it depends what you're wanting out of it. But, um, so that also brings me into, uh, what is it called again? The, oh, the video that I, and you have the book, the, Oh, when it's that book, it's called, uh, when helping hurts. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I just started reading it because two of my friends recommended it to me and said, you know, you know, I know you're going to talk about missions with Victoria. Like you should read this book first. Of course, I barely gotten to page like 15 because I've just been so swamped and I got sick. So I'm sick right now. It's awful. But, um, so I, I didn't really get a chance to read as much as I wanted to, but it's, it's this idea like long-term missions versus short-term missions mm-hmm. and just like what is helping because sometimes you go over there to help and then you're actually causing more hurt than you are helping the community. Exactly. So you talk about it. Yeah. I know you did stuff with it, right? Yeah, with we were required to watch, um, we we're required to watch videos, um, to kind of help us. And honestly, I recommend watching the videos because, or reading the book, either one, um, or both, but because it changed my perspective when I was going. Because I've always wanted to just help. That's why I wanted to be a PT. Yes. A physical therapist. Um, because I enjoy helping people get back to their normal movement. Um, I don't want them. I don't like pain. Um, it's hard to see people not being able to live to their full potential. And so when I go on missions, I always think, I want to I build this house. I want to build this school. I want to do all this, like, hardworking labor. But that's, and that's where Honduras and this was very different, and I learned so much. And that's why these videos were great, because they touched on a few points, that it's a learning experience. And we can't go in thinking we're going to change people, because that's not the goal. That can hurt people. And so um, they talk about the four goals, and uh, one, learning, two, fellowship, three, encouragement, and four, long-term engagement. And that could be, that can mean like praying or going back or just keeping those, what you did there and using those now in your day-to-day life. And so, and I learned a lot there and I don't know, there's just so much to talk about, like trying to not. To narrow it down. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I just think it's important when going into missions trips to, I guess, Understand what your purpose is going and make sure that it's actually supporting the missionaries who are already there because I think sometimes, yeah, I think sometimes missions trips can end up being pointless. Like they just go and they're just out there and Mm -hmm. they're not really helping the cause that's being done by the missionaries who are already there. Mm -hmm. Or like sometimes I know I've seen this before where people go on mission trips and it looks more like they're on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so there just needs to be this balance between like, 
the amount of money you're raising and what you're doing with it while you're there, you know, exactly. and how are you actually helping the people there? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely what this book is supposed to touch on. Again, I have not gotten through enough of it, but, um, and there's another example of one, like, I guess when helping hurts, but like you look at Tom's, you know, the mm-hmm. shoe organization where they ended up collapsing a whole economy because they kept giving shoes mm-hmm. instead of, uh, helping them with the economy by maybe having them produce shoes mm-hmm. and having them yeah. buy them there. So that's a whole thing. And then my friend Chelsea, she works for CityNet mm-hmm. and she helped clear a channel where mm-hmm. there were a bunch of people in tents, like homeless people who were living there. And so many churches and organizations were coming and bringing these people food, trying to help them. Mm-hmm. But her job was to go to these organizations and be like, look, somebody was here at 10 a.m. and you guys are here at 11. They're not hungry anymore. You need to go home. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not helping anymore. And on top of that, you're enabling them to stay here when we want them to go to shelters. We want them to return to the nearest family. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, you know, giving them handouts like this isn't helping them. Mm -hmm. We need to get them back on their feet, and this is how we're going to do that. But we need you guys to support what we're doing so we're not – overstepping on each other. And so I thought that was really interesting because I never thought of that. You think somebody's hungry, you give them food and they're all coming from a good place, but you know, they weren't working together. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't helping anybody. It was actually overfeeding these people, which Mm -hmm. is so interesting to think about. And they did clear the channel. And a lot of these people were relocated to family nearby Mm -hmm. or homeless shelters or rehabilitation centers. It just depended on the situation. But I thought that was interesting and something to think about too. Oh, it's super interesting because I think people forget their stages of responses and that's what um helping without hurting Uh, when helping hurts (laughs) gets us confused but um is that there's relief rehabilitation and development so a hurricane happens that's relief that's that's your response for that then there's rehabilitation is helping people get back on their feet and then there's development and that's the relationship of helping them through that process and that's where you have to figure out what that is and a lot of short-term missions that's where you need to figure out what your goal is kind of like what you talked about Mm -hmm. and so for us that they have a lot of the resources yes we gave them some money to help out with things but we went there to learn and see what a different culture and organization does to share the gospel and educate on trafficking because guess what? We need that education here in the United States. Yeah, we, we do. The United States is one of the leading like sex trafficking like industry like in the United States. Like people leave the country as well do it. Like it's it's huge. Yeah, and it's everywhere and I think it's and it's we're everywhere blind to it. A lot of times they forget it's here in our own country, but also like we, not us, but people in the United States, corrupt people, are leading the trafficking in other countries as well. Yeah. And so yeah. we need, so anyways, we can use those tools here as, as well. And that's where I kind of have this passion of, I want to help here. And that's where Purpose Jewelry, what we'll talk about soon, is... Yeah. Yeah. It's no. really exciting. Yeah. There's so, there's so much uh, that we could do to help. And I feel like... We are like coming up so close to time at this point and I don't want to keep you any longer than I already have, but 
that just means you have to be on the podcast again, which is great because I feel like you have so many experiences and things you can talk about, but there were just so many things to talk about. So there are a couple things I want to ask you before we end. Okay. So one of those things is I know one of the hardest things is coming back from a missions trip. Okay. And yes. not just getting back like in terms of uh, time difference and jet lag and all that stuff, but just mm-hmm. like coming back and being able to share what happened when you were there and uh, being able to, I guess, remember all the details and how God showed up for you there and how God showed up for these people there. I think for me, it was really hard to come back and be like, yeah, I made a difference. Like, I think it was really hard because I felt like, did that even happen? Sometimes I I really felt that way when I came back. And I think there's, I think there's post-trip anxiety or like doubt. And then there's pre-trip anxiety and doubt. And they both hit you really hard in different ways. But talk about after you just got back like a couple weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super fresh. So talk about that. Uh, it's, it's still a little hard. There's still nights that I remember, like, I, I miss, I miss it. Um, I had the same problem when I came back from Honduras, but it's like, I loved being there. I didn't want to leave. Um, it's almost like, cause I didn't want to come back to responsibilities here, to be honest. Um, it's been a hard transition because. There's so much things that I've realized that I need to change as well here. Um, like, I stress about all these things when should I really be stressing about those things? Yeah. So there's a lot to think about. And I know that people are like, how are your trip? And I'm like, um, kind of like now we've just spent almost an hour. What? Yeah, what? almost an hour. Like talking, and I still haven't touched everything. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's really hard to like, communicate everything because and I, to be honest, it was a little hard because I know I had people, like, want to hear about it, but I also don't want to say too much because I don't want to lose people because there was times where yeah. I don't know if people wanted to hear everything, but I'm so passionate and so excited and the trip was incredible that I kind of lose people a little bit. Yeah, sometimes it feels like how much do people really want to hear about the trip exactly. and how much... Do they want to just know you had a good time? Because, <laughs> I mean, there there are two kinds of people who want to really know every detail and some who want to just be like, oh, great, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. And that's it. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah, I wanted to make sure that you knew. I really wanted to hear about the trip, but I'm, I'm glad it happened this way because mm-hmm. I feel like more structured. You were I able, was able yes. to ask you questions about it, so that totally helps, you know? Well, it was hard because people, they, they, you know, they asked me and I go, oh, where do I begin? Yeah, where do you begin? It's and when people say, "So what'd you do?" Oh gosh, oh. I hate that question. I don't know what I did. Can you narrow that down a little bit, yeah. please? Okay. The last thing I want to talk about before we get into something light is purpose jewelry. Yes, I mentioned it, or this is how I introduced you. I talked about purpose jewelry mm-hmm. in your introduction or whatever. So I definitely want to touch on it before we head out. Um, Maybe just tell me, like, what does the organization do, how you and your mom are involved mm-hmm. with it, and, yeah, what what do they do? Like, Okay, so it's International Sanctuary, I Sanctuary for short, and a part of that is Purpose Jewelry. So I Sanctuary is, like, the, kind of, like, the hood. I the umbrella. <laughs> the umbrella, yeah, and then the Purpose Jewelry is a part of it. So the founder of I Sanctuary created Purpose Jewelry, Jewelry, as a gateway for girls to be reintegrated into society after being rescued. 
Um, all jewelry is made by these women, and profits from sales go to their wages. Uh, through Rice Sanctuary, these women are able to have an income, education, healthcare, and a safe and loving community. Because it's hot, like, I can't imagine, because I haven't, I wasn't trafficked, but I can't imagine coming back from that and being scared and what are people thinking and not trusting like trust anybody is a huge yeah thing. and then self-confidence and mm-hmm. all all these things so, it's shattered yeah and yeah. so they've created this environment so they can like have a life again and so how I, are you involved yes how am i involved um so i just volunteer that's one way i serve um i haven't volunteered in a while i went i help sometimes with trunk shows but I used to do inventory, so I'd help with the jewelry. I'd be like, oh, this one's broken, this one's not. So I would just do the little things yeah. and help them because it is a nonprofit organization. And so a lot of it is fundraising. My mom is on the board. So that's how I got involved because uh, my mom is on the board, which yeah. is just her way of serving because she doesn't get paid. Um, but she offers insight uh, on how to improve their organization. That's super cool. Yes. And so, and then we, we host trunk shows. So usually during Christmas time and then we host one at my mom's work. And then, um, we usually do, uh, galas and other fundraising events where, I mean, my mom likes to say my dad did a great job. Uh, uh, but we, they did this fundraising night and someone donated, I think it was like $22,000 and it was anonymous. And that's everything. So their goal of 2020 is to have 10 um, sanctuaries for girls. Okay. And so I'm, I think, right, they're coming close to it, but their top ones are, they have one in Irvine, based in Irvine. And that's the one you help with? Yes, that's the one we go to. India and Mumbai, and that's where their second one was. Mexico in, um, and then Uganda. Um, And so... Yeah, and they're trying to expand to the Philippines, and Mexico City, because um, the other one's Tijuana, that's one. Okay. And then, um, I want to say Cambodia. So basically, I Sanctuary has these, again, it's like these homes, right? And then, or it's no. It's not homes. They're it's not homes. It's just more of like a, a, a community, a place where these women can come. Because um, they they so work, they work there, there, right? Yes. Okay, so they work there, they create the jewelry, and the people like who host trunk shows and stuff when we purchase the jewelry it, the money goes straight to i sanctuary yes and to the girls wages their health care so they can have health benefits okay uh, yeah just like when we work for a company like we yeah. get health benefits that way they can have that too um as well as a community i know they're building like community centers as well so girls can go there and be safe okay so they they would live there or n- um, not the, sure i'm not sure i can't understand Say that's yes okay that, but what is their um website do you know uh and i'm pretty sure i mean i always just use the google search but purpose jewelry um or it's under ice sanctuary they have an instagram um yeah i don't i'm not a jewelry person but i will wear their jewelry i it is really cute and they're making more and more sustained like the jewelry that lasts better no um, yeah it does look really good compared to when okay because They've been doing, or Victoria and her mom, total boss women, have been involved in this ministry for at least a couple years, if not longer. And so when they first started doing, or at least when I first heard about it, they invited me to a trunk show and I picked out a couple things, but uh, they've improved a lot. Like their jewelry is cute and it's, 
nicer and all of this kind of stuff. And for Christmas, they actually make ornaments, which I'm, I'm weird. I really love ornaments and stuff for Christmas. And so I have bought an ornament for two years in a row now. And then I bought Christmas cards from them and all the money goes to that. And I think it's awesome. It's like one way to give back. It's really a small way, but it's still a way. And I, I think it's great. And so, yeah, I love their ornaments, and they make those, and I hung it on my tree, so. Oh, yeah, and which, by the way, it is um, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> what do you know? Month. Yesterday was the day, but it's the whole month. Wait, what um, was yesterday? What was yeah, the was date? Was the 11th? Yes, you're right. January yeah. 11th. That was mm-hmm. the And day. there's other organizations. There's One Rescue. This is another organization that helps um, rescue girls. Um, so it's really cool because I think Sherry is a process after and later to help integrate, reintegrate them into Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yes. So they're reintegrating them into society. Yeah. They're not actually the rescuers. Got it. Um, Except for, I'm pretty sure in India, they do help with other organizations. They help other organizations Mm -hmm. do that. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. Um, I'm totally blanking what I was going to say right now, but yeah, I love Purpose Jewelry, and okay, this is what I was going to say. I am working super hard on getting our website up, but I am not the most tech-savvy person in the world. Trust me, okay? So I'm working on it, and as soon as I get it up, I will let you guys know because we'll have all the links on there, the show notes and stuff, and I'm hoping to get it up in the next couple weeks. It's really coming together now, but we'll have show notes from all the episodes on there, so if you really liked something we said or liked, you know, something Victoria said about the missions trip, her church, uh, I sanctuary, purpose jewelry, all that kind of stuff. We're going to the world foundation. Yes. Brianna's house of joy. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to link to those, but if you cannot wait, which I totally understand, look it up yourself on Google. It'll pop up. I swear. That's how technology works these days. But yes, I'm working really hard on trying to get our website up. I'm really excited about it. So I will, you guys will be the first to know when it's up. So, okay, we have totally gone, not super over time, but over time than what I thought. I thought we might not make time and now we're over. I don't know how that happens, but you're a great talker. So to end our podcast today, we're just going to end with something light and I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, so what is one New Year's resolution you made for this year? I feel like this is every question that it's January. Ask, it's January. But yeah. It's so bad because I'm like, I didn't make one because I never stick to it. Um, but I have then I was like, okay, I need to think about it because I have thought about, okay, what are some things um, you just need to improve upon? Because honestly, there's always room for improvement. Um, I'm only 24. You know? <laughs> um, and so um, a goal of mine is to read the Bible every day. Okay. Um, just because I read slowly and I want to take my time reading through the Bible and I did do it through one of the read in a Bible in a year yeah but there was times where I was like trying to catch up and I felt rushed like, like I just yeah I couldn't enjoy it and some parts of the Bible are really hard to read so um and they're all you know they're all sometimes <laughs> A little dry. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, it's not it's all not a, a cakewalk. <laughs> it's not all a cakewalk, that's yeah. for sure. But, um, no, I really like that. Reading a Bible, just read the Bible every day. Uh, bless those people who can read it in a year. 
power to you. Macy is one of those people. Yes. She reads it in a year like nobody's business. Oh, She's yeah. really diligent on her scheduling. Yes, she, yes, she I, is. I love organized. that about her. She's very organized. Yeah. She's great. She was the one that got me the Bible in the first place. Oh, to read it in a year. Yeah. And you did it. Yes, I did. Oh, that's so uh, cool. But... It wasn't the prettiest. It hey, was like hey. one weekend I was like, I have to catch up on like five days, which is a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, and, and anyways, and then the other one, and we talked about it, was just like learning to manage my stress more. Yeah. better. Not, manage yeah. the stress. Well, more, I guess. Too, yeah. But. More, less, have less stress, manage more of it. Yeah. But have less. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean. But yeah, less stress, manage it well. Got yes, it. and just enjoying the journey because, um, yeah, I strive to be. Oh, I read. Okay, another podcast you and I love, Stephanie May Wilson. Oh, uh, um, Girls, Girls Night. Night. It's coming back. <laughs> I know. So I read her devotional lipstick um, gospel. Okay. Her devotional, I read it, and it was on the day I had a really bad anxiety attack, and and I don't take anxiety attacks like lightly because I do like I hyperventilate. I. Like, it's really hard All for the me. things, yeah. Everything, I cry. And so, and of course, I was like, okay, you need to just dive into God's word. You need to, like, read something to refocus. Um, and so, it was about stop being brilliant and just be you. Because I'm yeah. a perfectionist. I want everything to go perfectly. I want... Anyways, and you know that about me. Yes. <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, I just, I want A's, like, an A minus. Not good Not enough. Good. Yes. No. <laughs> Which I create that stress. Um. And so, anyways, just being myself and being okay with not being perfect. Yeah. And that's, yeah, we talked a lot about that last episode, too. Just, you know... It's not about your performance. Like, you are still so loved. Oh, my goodness. So I loved. Okay. loved. Okay, anyway, we can't. Okay, I love can't. your sports your sports analogy because I connected with that. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Well, good. I'm glad we have athletes listening to the podcast. Okay, but for me, I think mine is just to read more, to read more books. I'm, I'm an avid reader, but I just get so bogged down with, like, because I'm not really an introvert. So I always want to go out and see people and do things, and so I don't make time to read and fill up again. I just go, 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 go until I'm like, whoa, what happened? (laughs) Hence the sickness. But anyway, so yeah, read more, exercise more, and not necessarily to like look better or anything, but just to be healthy. And I really enjoy like bar. I just started doing bar. I love it. I love bar. It's so great. And then I just started getting into um, row fit or row former Pilates my friend oh, teaches yeah. in Costa Mesa. It's called Hard Fit. Shout out to Megan. So yeah, Hard Fit. It's awesome. So yeah, I want to exercise. I want to exercise more. And then the last thing is I want to work on living out my faith better and just being more present, being more consistent for people, just being available. Because I think people underestimate the power of being consistent mm-hmm. and I want to be a consistent person in people's lives. So that's, I, I want to be consistent. So, well, okay, we got to hold we, each other accountable. Yeah, we have to hold each other accountable this year to our resolutions. But that's the end of our podcast today. Thank you, Victoria, so much Thanks for, for doing me. this with me. I had so much fun, and I hope you guys love her as much as I do. She's the best. And I'm excited for next week's episode. So, well, actually, it won't be next week, two weeks. But we're trying to cut back, and so it's like, do. Do less more or do less better. That's what it is. We're trying to do less better. So 
anyways, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. So that was the Through Tall Podcast, and we are so grateful that you guys were here to join us. We know it may have been a bumpy road along the way, but thank you so much for making it to the end of this, and we're so excited to start conversations with people and keep on talking. I can't believe I'm saying this right now, but go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. It will just (laughs) download the most recent episode onto your list, and you won't even have to do anything. It'll just let you know when an episode goes live. And if you love today's episode or you're looking forward to what's to come, please rate it. It's actually pretty cool. We did this little deal with iTunes where our podcast only accepts five-star reviews. So if you try anything else, it just won't go through. So it's uh, it's not even worth trying anything else. <laughs> please subscribe and keep listening. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.